You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Do you own your money, or does your money own you? Do you own your stuff, or does your stuff own you? During COVID, uh, we started biking around the neighborhood, and then we got bored with that, and so we decided that we wanted to start biking on some trails. So next thing you know, of course, we go and have to buy a bike rack to get to the trails, and that's a hundred plus dollars. And then we get out there and we see people, most people had helmets on. We thought, ah, that's a pretty good idea. So we should probably go ahead and buy some helmets. And, and then I see that they have some mirrors on their bike. And I thought, ah, that would be helpful to know if someone's coming up behind me. And then I need a place to put my, put my phone. I mean, I just don't want to put it in my pocket. I, I see other people and they, they have their phones right there. And they're able to easily listen to the music and, and everything else. And so, of course, we need that. And then one of my kids' bicycles, it was squeaking, and it wasn't a very good bike. The brakes were going out, and we tried to do some little repairs, and he finally decides that he wants a new bike, which was uh, pretty difficult in San Antonio to find a bike right now. Uh, But we eventually find one, and of course it couldn't just be any bike. It had to be a nice bike, a a bike that would almost pedal itself. And, And next thing you know, you're just buying more and more stuff. Isn't that what we do sometimes in life? And isn't that what we do with our hobbies? Maybe you like to barbecue and, and there's always something new to buy with barbecuing. I mean, there's always another utensil. There, there's something that you could add uh, to what you're doing. And then you hang out with some friends and you're like, oh man, and they have something nicer than you do. And, and you're like, I got to go pick that up. Or if you play golf, there's always a club that will help you hit the ball further or better. Maybe you're into crafting, and there's always something else that you can, you can buy for that. Uh, if you're into fishing, of course, you've got to buy that new fishing pole because that will help you catch more fish, or you've got to buy a boat, or you've got to look good while you're fishing, so you've got to have a nice uh, fishing shirt or a nice hat or several shirts and several hats. Let me ask you the question again. Do you own your stuff, or does your stuff own you? Well, we can take a good thing and make it into a God thing really quickly. All the things I mentioned, they're really good things. But if we're not careful, we can be totally consumed by them. They can consume our time and our money. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he's spending some time, especially in this section, talking about money. And he says some profound words. In verse, verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Jesus says, you cannot serve God and money. And in fact, that little Greek word can mean stuff. You can't serve God and your stuff. You, you can't serve both of them. Now, let me, get, let me be very clear. The primary issue isn't money. It isn't stuff. The issue that Jesus warns us about is the mastery, the control, the ownership. 
that if we're not careful, that it can become a God in our life, that it can consume us, and, and he's warning us against that. Sky Jethani, in this little book called What If Jesus Was Serious, talks about how easy it is to make God and our stuff an idol. He says our, our stuff, our, our money, it can make us feel safe and secure. It can offer power over the world. It can give us a sense of value and destiny. And there's community that values my worship, the things that I'm into. We, we end up having little communities around playing golf or around barbecuing or crafting or, or fishing or whatever you're into. Money and our stuff competes for worship with God. It's a pretty attractive at times, but Sky says the difference between God and, and money and stuff being your master is that God will not abandon you after death. Your stuff and your money, they'll be long gone. We know that. But there's something that competes for our attention that, that wants to consume us. If you go back and you read just a few verses before our text today, uh, Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse 9, it's, Jesus says, Don't store up yourself treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Jesus warns us that stuff, our money is a terrible God. It's going to break. It's going to rust. Someone's going to steal it. How many of you bought a gift for your, for your child or maybe a niece or a nephew for Christmas? A month or two later, maybe six months later if you're lucky. It's broken or it's, in the, it's over in a corner or it's in the closet somewhere. Well, we as a culture, we're bombarded with messages to buy stuff. And it will bring joy and contentment to our life. And then after a little while, it loses its luster. And it too is over in the closet. It's over in the corner. Or we put it in the shed or in the closet or up in the attic. And we think, oh, it, we, we really wanted this. And, and then after time, it, it loses its, its luster. And next thing you know, when there's junk pickup, you're hauling it out there and it becomes someone else's treasure. For other people, they have a hard time ever letting go. And, and they end up uh, having uh, hoarding tendencies. Uh, in fact, uh, 19 million Americans uh, has been found uh, to, to struggle with hoarding and it tends to run in families. Uh, how many of you have bought fitness equipment and you, you're really going to get into fitness and, and then a few months later uh, it's sitting over in the corner of the room and it's got a pile of, of clothes uh, on it or it's hanging from it. it. It happens a lot in our culture. And so I ask you the question again, do you own your stuff or does your stuff own you? Let me get a little personal with you. You may say, well, I'm not a hoarder and I don't worship money. This isn't a problem uh, for me. My stuff's not a God. How many times do you check your cell phone each day? How many times? How many times do you think the typical American checks their phone each day? 25 times? 50 times? 75 times? A new study came out uh, from New Assurian Research that says 
96 times a day is how many times Americans check their phone. That's about once every 10 minutes. And we've seen our dependence on smartphones increase by about 20% over the last two years. Now, let me tell you, I am guilty of checking my phone way too much, of sometimes letting my phone own me. I, I, I will check social media too much. I'm looking when I get notifications at the latest news story, the latest sports story. I send a lot of texts and a lot of emails. I, I spend way too much time on my phone. I, I'm guilty. Yet this phone can be a really good thing. It's been a really good thing during COVID. It's given me the opportunity to text you, to call you, to email you, to contact you through social media. I, I use my phone to do videos. And, and, and there's many good things that can be used with our phone. It's kept us in community in, in many ways. But we also have to be aware of, uh, just like the rest of our stuff, it, uh, our stuff can be really good things, but we have to be aware of that it can be something that consumes us, that can become a God. It can become a temptation. And, and, and we just have to be aware that that good thing can be a God thing, that we can take something that God has blessed us with and, and end up being consumed by it, and it takes our worship away from God. So how will we combat this? We, we don't want to be consumed by it. We don't want it to be a God. So we want to put up guardrails. We want to put boundaries up around our life. And, and we've been in this series called Guardrails, and we talked about how guardrails keep us out of the ditch. It, it keeps us uh, out of going to places that we really don't want to be at. No one ever regrets putting up a guardrail in their life. But those who don't put guardrails up end up feeling the pain of it. And so I just want to give you a few quick little guardrails that I've tried to put up in my life that I think could be helpful for you. The, the first is to limit your consumption. If you have a, a, with your phone or social media, the temptation is to just use it all the time, but put restrictions. Hey, I'm not going to, to look at it during dinner, or I'm going to put it on in a different room at night. I'm not going to look at it. If you're consumed by a hobby, maybe it's golf. Say, I'm going to limit playing golf to only once or twice a week or once or twice a month. Ask yourself, is there any areas that I need to put some limits in my consumption? Secondly, develop a budget. Develop and live by a budget. A budget gives you a plan for your money. Now, many people see a budget as a negative thing. It might mean, many people say, well, that means I can't spend everything that I want. I mean, if I want something, I want to get it now. And, and what I say is, yeah, you're right. Sometimes we can't get everything that we want now. But that's called being an adult. We, we don't always get what we want when we want it. And delayed gratification can be a really good thing. And having to work hard and to wait for that new TV or for vacation or whatever you're wanting to get can be a really good thing. And, and lastly, I would encourage you uh, to, to develop a habit of giving. In our society, we're taught to spend, to save, and to give. As soon as we get money, to spend it. And then if we have any left over, then we might give some of it, and, or we might to save some of it. And then if we have anything left beyond that, to give. But when we give our finances over to Christ, and He gives us a new way uh, for thinking about our money. And instead of spending, saving, and giving, He says, give first, save second, and then spend. 
Give first, save second, and then spend. Isn't there, is there anything better than giving to helping people out? I love to make kingdom investments. And I love to trust God with my money and just to see Him work. And can I just thank you for being so generous to Castle Hills during COVID? I've had missionaries that contacted me and said, Hey, I just want to thank your church for continuing to support us. We had churches that weren't able to help us. We've had individuals that weren't able to. And I want to thank you for just helping us to be able to continue to do ministry, to let people know about Christ, to, to see the baptisms that are taking place because of your generous investment. And so one of the guardrails that, we just, that I try to put up in my life is I try to give first. And I think that keeps me from being so consumed with my stuff and with money. We've all been blessed with, with great gifts, haven't we? But the greatest gift is what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. What we call this gift grace. And Jesus takes our punishment for our sin. And he conquered death. He died on a cross for us.